The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we talked to Dr. Bernie C., a physician out of Lebanon, to talk about the COVID-19 vaccine. I can understand people's right to be able to get sick and make a poor decision how they want to do it, but when it affects everyone else's ability to have access to the healthcare system, then we have a real problem. There isn't any studies that shown anyone to die from the vaccines, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, but there are plenty of people who are dying from COVID. This week on Belonging, next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekel, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. To find the right young Catholic connection for you, call the Catholic Youth Office of the Diocese of Nashville, 615-645-9762. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, the show for young Catholic adults. We're filming live here in the Diocese of Nashville at the Oscar Romero studio here at the Catholic Pastoral Center. My name is Zach Jansen. I'm joined by our co-host, Father Gervon, with the Diocese of Nashville. And this week we have Dr. C here with us. Talk about the vaccine, uh, a very divisive thing going on. Uh, anyways, Dr. C, thank you for being here today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Zach. Yeah, yeah. so uh, give us a little background of where you're at now. And You said you're in Lebanon. Is that where you're working a lot currently? Yes, I'm a primary care physician in Lebanon in a group practice. Okay. I've been there almost 14 years. It'll be that uh, September 17th. And uh, it's been really good. I wear a lot of hats. It used to be simply just a member of a group practice, but now I'm doing a lot of what I like to call side hustles. Yeah. So nursing homes, hospice. I'm one of the team doctors at the local university, Cumberland University. I supervise other uh, nurse practitioners and other practices in the area. Uh, so it's really grown. Uh, keeps me busy. I'm blessed to do it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. It was interesting talking to you out, out in the lobby just about what the public thinks, what you see on social media, and even in person for you, what you hear from your patients. For some reason, this one topic is kind of what's what's splitting them. What are the points of maybe maybe making people stray as far as the information and whatnot? Well, I uh, when I go to clinic, about every day, multiple times a day, people are skeptical about the vaccine for whatever reason. Earlier on, when the vaccine first came out, there was a contingent that was first in line, and they are very much on board. And then over the last six months, we ask our patients every time, have you had the COVID vaccine, even from 12 and up now? Sometimes you get an enthusiast, yes, I've gotten my one dose or two dose vaccine, and then you have people know. They say no, and I say, well, why not? And they'll say, well, I just haven't. Or they'll say, I'm never getting it. And... That's it. So I feel like I have a personal responsibility to engage in this discussion. I'm not a person that likes to engage in emotional disagreements, Mm -hmm. but I guess during these last six months, I've really grown as a person to be able to face the line, so to speak. And so some people like to 
hear out what I have to say. And I've won over a few people, I believe, by the grace of God, that some people have won, said, well, okay, Dr. C, I'm going to go get it mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And then there's just a contingency that just will not will not do it. And I think it is multifactorial. I think sometimes it's misinformation and you know, there's lots of it on social media. I get most of my informa- uh, misinformation on social media. Sure, <laughs> It's hard. What, what, what kind of misinformation that you find or did you find people getting to you? Well, there is a whole list of things that people fire back at me as far as why they don't want to get it. One of the most recent things was the, um, there's a website that you can respond if you had the vaccine, if you had an ill toward side effect. So I got a headache, I got a rash, I hurt really bad, I got a fever, nausea, vomiting, all these things that are very common with um, these vaccines. If you've had it, you know that it happens. Isn't that all the vaccines that you can have all those side effects? The, many of them will cause a lot of those things. Yes, okay. we, we take care of um, children and adults. So we give vaccines every day in our office. And that is true. And then They'll throw that at me says, well, look, there's like 13,000 people here with all of these complaints, chest pain, shortness of breath, blood clots. I grew a tail. Uh, <laughs> I have new limbs, whatever it is. I can't disprove every one of the things on that website that people complain about that aren't true, except that I can say that is misinformation. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's been proven at least for the Pfizer and Moderna here in the United States. I can't speak for the vaccines that are worldwide. I don't keep up with all of those, but I know that there are many of them mm-hmm. that they've been proven safe and effective. Yeah, I tried to go back and forth with the patients, all of their concerns, and tried to tell them how I feel about it. And at the end of the day, I tried to pull at their heartstrings a little bit and from an emotional standpoint and just say, you know what, I've loved you for a long time. You know me. I'm not trying to steer you you know, one direction or another as far, I don't have any secondary gain. Mm -hmm. I don't sell these vaccines. I don't have any investment in it. I want you to be well. I want society to be well. I want the common good. So for me to be heated in a discussion with you about this vaccine uh, should mean something to you because you know, I'm not normally like this. So mm-hmm. I feel like I have an obligation to do that, to kind of engage in a heated discussion with people, even though they don't want to listen. And it's exhausting sometimes, but it's just, I think it goes with anything in life that really matters. You know, you pick battle. This is a battle that, you know, if I'm going to wear the white coat, I need to be willing to make this battle, just like Father Javon here needs to be willing to do the spiritual battles with his, his flock mm-hmm. that, that are uncomfortable. So you made a good point about for the, for the common good, which is essentially what the purpose of the vaccine is and wearing a mask, because it almost gets a little bit, I guess, would you say selfish in a way? Well, well I don't want to take it. I'm, I'm not going to get it. And if I do, it won't be that bad. Uh, a lot of me and my statements, as long as I'm not affected, I'm okay. But can you speak more about that, how it's, it's about yeah, and, other people? And, and, and I think it's interesting because both Dr. C and I, we got our first dose in September and the second dose in October. So a little bit right there after that, we knew that we were vaccinated. We knew we, we knew that we have the antibodies. But even though with that, you know, gave me a little bit more, okay, I know that I have the antibodies. I know that I have the vaccine. But then I still, I stay wearing masks. Even though I knew that I was ready vaccinated, I knew that I have the antibodies, but it's not about me. And I think that maybe that's the problem of the issue is like, unfortunately, we, the way that we raise our kids and everything is like, it's all about me. You know, and it is, unfortunately, it's not. So when we understand that it's not about me, yeah, I'm protected. But because, first of all, you don't know that I already had the vaccine or whatnot. Now I decide to use this or to do this to protect you as well. I think part of the misinformation, too, and uh, 
a lack of understanding is this idea of herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, we in the clinic try to explain these to people and some people grasp it and some people have a hard time with it. But the more of us that take the vaccine, the less likely that we as a society will have either contract it or have a severe outcome even death from the virus. So you've seen this with the things we've been vaccinated before, uh, measles, mumps, diphtheria, polio. These are all things that were affecting us even before my time that would kill many people, fill up hospitals. If we all get on board and take this vaccine, we can almost eradicate this virus altogether, at least have people not go to the hospital for it. I wish people would understand that more. People play the card that says, hey, well, look at all these people that have been vaccinated and they are still getting sick. Well, that could be true even if we get 100% vaccinated, but the percentage of those people who get hospitalized and die from the COVID-19 virus when they've been fully vaccinated are very, very small as compared to those who have not been vaccinated. Mm. Something to the degree of like 98, 99% of those who are dying are the unvaccinated. So as you get more and more people to get through that threshold and they kept all the fancy scientists do the calculations. If we have this much of replication of this virus, then we need say 80% or more people vaccinated to be able to get the hospital readmissions all you know, the level down. The more we get on board, the better off as a, as a world and as a United States will be. What, the, what kind of symptoms did you have when you took the vaccine? So the first uh, dose of the Moderna vaccine, I know now me and Father Gene know because they unblinded us, but we went in knowing that we'd either get a placebo, probably a saltwater shot or the yep. real deal. <laughs> but I really felt within the first few hours that I got the real deal because my arm was sore. I felt tired, felt a little bit warm, but never had a fever. That only lasts for about one to two days. Then 28 days later, I had my second shot and I felt a little bit worse. I had a temperature approaching 100 degrees for a couple of days, very run down, couldn't have any get up and go for about four days. My arm hurt. I was achy, really tired. But after those four days, I was good to go again. And I know from a lot of my patients, they have a whole list of symptoms that they suffer from, including nausea and vomiting, fever as high as 100, 203, probably higher than that. But all of them have been self-limited. So I can tell people with confidence, I've not heard of anybody. Uh, my colleagues in the medical field who study COVID and the vaccines all their life every day tell me that from Pfizer and Moderna, they are not aware of anyone dying from it. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough that there isn't any studies that shown anyone to die from the vaccines, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, but there are plenty of people who are dying from COVID uh, yeah. every day. I have a lot of uh, dear patients that have died that shouldn't have, uh, even in, in their 30s and 40s. And so uh, I try to tell patients at the end of the day, it is really about the hospital. Because if you want to say, well, I have the freedom to get sick, that's well and good. If you get the strep throat, you're likely not to be hospitalized. So you can do what you want. If you want to go be around somebody who's got strep throat and kiss them and whatever, and you get strep throat, you can go get some penicillin and you probably won't go in the hospital. Have your way, right? But when you get COVID, your chances of being in the hospital are higher than something like strep throat. And when there are no hospital beds left... I'm not able to take care of you for your heart attack, your pneumonia, for your altered mental status, for your uh, bladder infection, your loved one who may be elderly who needs a hospital. You can't get a bed. If you go there, you're going to be in the hallways of the ER for a long time. Your loved ones aren't going to be able to come visit you. It's overrun. That is a reality. So 
I can understand people's right to be able to get sick and make a poor decision how they want to do it, but when it affects everyone else's ability to have access to the healthcare system, then we have a real problem. Yeah, I think you have nurses in the ICU constantly, especially over social media, giving their testimonies saying, I'm seeing this every day. If this you don't is, believe this it, this is real. I've it's seen it every year. Yeah. Yes. And the other problem is that is really killing the morale of healthcare workers, especially that are in the front lines in the ICU, is really when it comes to that, once you get on the ventilator, your chances of survival are pretty low. And who wants to just go to work knowing that, well, my hands are tied, it's just going to be. Uh, you know, everything's in God's hands, but we feel like we have some control that we could just buy this person some time and their body's going to recover. More likely than not, it's not going to be. And then you're dealing with families who can't get into the hospital, can't come visit, can't be with their loved ones. And you have people that are upside down on the bed, on a ventilator, sedated, not knowing what's going on. What a terrible way to die with mm -hmm. no one, no loved ones around you by yourself, uh, not being able to breathe. So and it's and then you run the risk of getting COVID yourself if you're a healthcare worker. Hmm. And then you're understaffed because you can't get enough people to come back to work for various social reasons. They're burned out. They can work from home now. They find other jobs where they don't have to be in the front lines exhausted, um, asked to work overtime. We're getting paid more from the government for whatever reason, unemployment, having extra kids. Hmm. So it, it's a lot. So even if we have the beds, we don't have the amount of staff to work those bits. Mm -hmm. So, and they're becoming less and less to the point where they're taking care of people in tents, in the parking garages. It's a real concern. It's, it's real that that part of the strain on the healthcare system and the hospitals is very real. Um, and now we're just extended to kids. So who wants to see little three month, six month old babies with COVID? I've seen newborns with COVID. Um, they are now in the ICU and they're dying. And wow. You know, who wants to do that, especially if it's because of a choice of their parents or their family that didn't want to be vaccinated and they get sick, give it to their child, and then they have a poor outcome? How unfair does that sound? To me, it sounds very unfair, especially when we know as a scientific medical community that these vaccines work and would slow down the spread, including the masks. We, we are convinced that all of these measures, along with social distances, will bring the numbers down so that we can staff the hospital and mm -hmm. be able to take care of not only COVID patients, but all the rest of the people that need us. Yeah, and that's the other thing, because we have all the other patients that need the healthcare system that cannot have access. People who need elective surgeries or all that stuff that can't have access because the hospitals are full. Yes, uh, I have a lot of patients that come to my clinic who need the hospital for whatever reason that's not due to COVID, and I send them there. They go to the ER and say, well, you don't have a bed, so they'll go home with chest pain, shortness of breath, a blood clot in their arm because they don't want to sit in the ER by themselves. Mm -hmm. They want to be with their family. They have to take care of their loved ones. Uh, it would be a bit easier if they could get a room quickly, have their family come visit them. Uh, and they are resistant to do that. And what's best for them is to be in the hospital and get the services and then the treatment that they need. But um, because of that, they're getting suboptimal, uh, suboptimal care. So you hear about that in the news a lot, how uh, we are not delivering a good product as a healthcare as a, as a group of healthcare providers, we can't do a good job anymore because we're strained by COVID and we're understaffed and we're tired and we don't have the means. We don't have enough people to help. So it's really sad. We're here on Nashville Catholic Radio with Dr. C. And I think that's a big part of the, we said the, the misinformation of people that at this point, it's just tough to change their minds as far as not only the mask, but also the vaccine. Uh, because they're finding the websites you're talking about, or maybe they don't see it in person just yet. It's not close enough 
to hit home of someone they know in the in the emergency room at the hospital bed. Where, where do people go to to be informed about why I should wear a mask? Even the vaccine people are saying, well, it's it's not. It wasn't. How is it made this fast? Maybe an anti-vaxxer might say that is. How can we possibly have? I don't. I don't trust it. Where can people find the information to say this is something I should do? This is the best decision for the, for the world's health. So as hard as it for people to trust, um, I go to the CDC website and mm-hmm. I follow their guidelines, and I trust the people that are running those websites. I trust the people that are working there because I know a lot of them, mm-hmm. and I know that they struggle to give the right information. And some of the anti-vaxer argument is that 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 information changes so often I can't trust it. And it's I can't trust supposed it. to change. We just scoffing out this stuff and it's supposed to change. Absolutely. That's people a just a, so a bad argument. It really is. So people just say it's always different and it's like science changes all the time. So I tell my patients all the time, you remember the medicine I put you on a, a, a decade ago? I put you on baby aspirin because you had high blood pressure. Well, now the recommendation is that you don't need to be on that. And we just found that out recently. So this changes. So I need to be up to date. I actually have a, I subscribe to an app called UpToDate so that it changes all the time. So I have to reference, you know, what is best for the patient on the daily because it is different. I get journal articles all the time sent to me, synopsis that tells me, okay, what are the journal articles that are going to change my practice? And I get that every month. I read that, try to stay up to date because everything changes. That's the way it is. And we discover things about COVID all the time. But, well, why do I have to wear a mask now when they said I couldn't? Well, and we did before. Why'd I have to do that again? Well, we can go on and on about that, but the Delta virus is different. Mm-hmm. It is a stronger, easily, more easily contracted virus or uh, form of the COVID virus. And because we don't have anyone vaccinated yet, we have to wear the mask until we can get those people on board. Mm-hmm. So I, I urge you to trust that and then try to ask your trusted primary care phys- provider who also buys into things like the CDC website and try to stay within their board certification uh, teachings, um, trying to go rogue. There's a lot of people that are trying to go rogue and, and, and tell people, this is my personal opinion. It's the same with Father G, right? So Father Gervon can't just go rogue and teach something that the Catholic Church doesn't teach. He can go to the catechism, he can go to his bishop, he can go to the Holy See to find out what the truth is. And he doesn't have to depend on himself. He knows those people are telling the truth. And so is my you know, governing board. They're trying to tell me the truth and I, I'm not going to go rogue. I'm going to tell you what I understand from all the people that spend all their days studying it. So I think it's interesting to think what, uh, what the church teaches too uh, on the, the morality of this vaccine. I think, I don't, I don't know if they had a document released maybe at the start of the year a long time ago about uh, if, if it's morally right to receive it. Cause a lot of anti-vaxxers might say, well, am I getting aborted tissue in, by taking this vaccine? The testing of it, I guess, maybe the, the parts had to do with yeah, aborted uh, fetuses. And, and and both the USCCB and the Vatican itself, they pretty much said, yes, this is morally acceptable yeah. to get the vaccine. You're not, you're not like connected with the evil. You're not like, th- those abortions are like done. That, that was 50 years ago. Yeah, and, and the other thing about this is even if it, because like the Moderna one doesn't have any connection with aborted fetuses, uh, Sales, so, mm-hmm. but even if they had, because of the common good, mm-hmm. that is morally acceptable. Like you, it's like remotely associated with it, but you're not. Exactly. Pu- you're not publicly saying I support this 
of abortion. That's the exactly. right thing to do. If you have a choice, then you can choose Moderna or the Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, J and J has some uh, testing related to that one. So if you have that available, Pfizer or Moderna, and you um, seeking your conscience to be free of that, then choose those two. But if you don't have a choice, then my understanding is the Catholic Church says yeah. that you are you are morally okay. okay. Okay, to take that, even if you don't have. If you have the choice, that's what. If you have the choice, you should choose either Moderna or, or Pfizer because they they don't have any connection. If you don't have the choice, it's even if when you don't have the choice, it's okay to uh, mm-hmm. get the Johnson Johnson. That's the one that you know. So, but the problem is a lot of times we have, we have people that want to be holier than the church, you know, or, well, that's not my understanding. Okay. You know, thank you for, yeah, thank you. Because, and I think it goes around what we were talking about earlier. It's all about me. It's all about, everything evolves about around me. It's how I feel. It's how I, you know, it's, no, it's not. No, Mm -hmm. right is right and wrong is wrong. So, yeah, it's, it's just crazy to see some of the arguments around. I just stopped watching to the news, and it's yeah. just like, it's crazy because it's, and I think the worst part for us is like, I can't just agree with you without getting mad of you. Like, I think it was yesterday, the day before, last night or whatever, they had one of the uh, board, uh, school board meetings that people were like fighting and kicking each other. It's like, can we just talk as human beings? That we can just disagree with each other and still talk. So, yeah. what can you say about like the point of view that you really hinted on was that you d- don't tell me what to do. You can't tell me. What so, to do. right, I, I'm no Father G. He probably has a different but the same perspective. Yeah. Whether he's talking to people about the faith or sure, yeah. even in confession, you, you can see. You can probably see when people are holding back or they want to hear. They want to hear what they want to hear. Uh, they get their misinformation because it it lets me have the right to do what I want to do, and you can find that anywhere. Hmm. Uh, and you tell people over social media or face to face that you know, I, I'm not a smart man. I'll be honest with you. I'm not trying to be um, falsely hum- humble about it. But mm-hmm. my understanding is this: if you either have misinformation, the wrong information, you don't have enough information, you're scared about the vaccine. These are the only reasons that I think you know, that you could have to not do it. And then it boils down to just pride and being selfish hmm. that you're not going to tell me what to do. And when you try to call people out on that, that's when they come out in arms and just say, you know, it's not about that. I've had these studies. I, I can show you. And, and in the medical field, we call this evidence-based medicine. So, you know, I've got this evidence, even though, you know, in the medical community, it doesn't have enough weight, enough strength to really be something that's valid. You can't have a person who's under, undereducated and prove that to them that mm-hmm. what they're saying is wrong because they're just really convinced that they're right. And I'm sure Father G gets this a lot of times when you bring up other controversial topics about that it's really going to cramp my style and my li- the way I like to live if I, you're going to tell me I can't do that. Well, so bye-bye Catholic Church. I'm not yeah. going to be there anymore. Wow. And it's really sad. Um, you know, one of the most, the most deadly sin is pride, right? That we yeah. can't be told what to do. And, and it's just that part, I believe, in all these discussions I have every day just boils down to I'm just not going to. And it's really sad to see. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, yeah, we are told what to do all the time. You have to wear clothes to go to a grocery store. You know, you. Ha- I mean, there are so some social norms that you follow. You know, why do you, I mean, can you imagine? I'm not going to stop on the red light anymore. Now I'm going to stop on the green light. No, there is a norm. There is a procedure. There's, like, this is... 
the common sense is not common anymore. <laughs> That's <laughs> you what know? they say. It's like, yeah, the, I mean, if you, I, I'm going to decide not to stop on the stop signs. You're going to get hurt. <laughs> you know? Wow. It is, I mean, yes. And it's like, and, and, and I think it's a misunderstanding. What is freedom? What is, you know, like, yes. I mean, even philosophy, you say you're right, finish when the other person's right, start. What did JP2 say? Something about freedom is not be, to be able to do what you want, but the freedom is to do what you ought to do. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, let's, I mean, if you don't want to go to theology, it's just natural law. You don't kill people. That's wrong. And you don't need to explain that because you know that it's wrong. You, deep inside of yourself, you know that it is wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't do something that's natural law. And I feel like this issue is really if you choose not to vaccine and mask, then uh, I am not doing a disservice because you're actually affecting everyone else and put their life at risk. Mm-hmm. And I hate to make it sound that dire, but it's, it's real and it's true. So what can we do moving forward like, as Catholics and as Tennesseans as well, just for the, for the common good, like to promote what we believe as far as the vaccine and mask? Is it just, just keep doing what we're doing, I guess, and, and respecting other people that are maybe of a I different just, opinion? I just ask people to take whatever leap of faith they have to do a mild inconvenience. I tell them, you know, love is sacrifice. I hear that all the time in the church. Love is sacrifice. Love is to will the good of the other. So if not for exactly. yourself, do it for other people. Do it out of love. The mask is a small sacrifice to make uh, for the good of everyone. And if you have questions about it, ask someone that is, you know, uh, your primary care provider that has the pro-vaccine message because that's the truth. That's the true one. And if you need help, you can call Father G and I'll lead you to the right person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, to find the truth, the, the reminder that love is a sacrifice and that freedom is to do what we ought to do and find the common good. Uh, thank you, Dr. C, for being here today, for, for giving your opinion and your witness to the faith. Thank you for having me, Zach. Appreciate it. And thank you for everyone in our listening audience. We hope you felt uh, especially connected to this one. I know it's it's like we always say, it's, it's a divisive divisive topic you were saying yeah uh, I look forward to a long list of haters after this goes on air I'll oh. be, I'll be you're great. being good company don't worry that's fine oh. I love you guys you know, Jesus Jesus was not popular and that's not why we're here we're here to tell the truth and you know and sometimes truth are hard to hear and, and, and you know look at the cross that wasn't easy absolutely here thank you Father to, G. tell the truth and thank you to to Father Gervon, our co-host, and everyone in our listening audience, thank you to Jim Chandler as well. Does a lot with our show with videotaping. Uh, we're here in the Oscar Romero studio. Remember, you can listen to us, WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio.